welcome to Date Night at the Movies. I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! We are recording this one on Halloween right now. Yes, so you'll get it in the future. Like um, two days in the future. Two days in the future. <laughs> um, it's so exciting. This is our second day in the studio this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a little bonus episode yes. because we are so excited. We have... The one and the many, but the current predator in our studio right now, Brian Prince. How you doing, Brian? Good. How you guys doing? Doing good. good. We are really stoked to have you in here. Like, basically, since the movie came out, we've been trying to figure out a way to get you in the studio. I'm glad that, I'm glad that the schedules finally started matching yeah, up. You know? I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be here, and I appreciate you guys working with my, like, oh, crazy absolutely. schedule. No, it absolutely. totally worked, because, like, when you went to L.A., I was coming back to Los Angeles, yeah, yeah. and then I've been on this Western, and we were both like, we don't know when it will work. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to come back to Atlanta, like, um, the end of September and then I just was having a really good month and I was like, ah, or a really good visit uh, yeah. to Vancouver and I was like, I'm just going to stay. So, yeah, good for you. <laughs> got a lot of work done, which is good. So. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're really excited to have you and it's Halloween. So you just Ooh. like spent, how long were you on The Predator? Oh man, um, including prep, uh, about... Like a little over four months, so I'd say like four and a half. Okay, like so you were in Halloween maybe. for four months wearing a costume. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was like Eternal Dragon time. Equally as fun, I don't know. Equally is is exhausting. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, much less candy involved. Yeah, in this. Well, or, I mean, are you like? A, I mean, are you? A, was, uh, I was say, are you a crafty hound? I, I definitely am, but like with the. Actually, yeah. So I definitely am. Whenever I had the the hands on, like, yeah. I would have to take it off for some things. Like I couldn't even use my phone when right. I had the hands on, and so um, which is bad for group text situations. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I would, yeah, I would go to crafty like with my like witch finger hands, <laughs> and I just like pick stuff up, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." That's to fine. to that's me, like my yeah. dream would be like if I were dressed up as the predator. It's like I want there to be just like. A bowl of M and M's or candy corn, just so I can reach in with the hand and pick up a big oh handful of them. Oh my gosh! Yes, that would <laughs> like be there's, awesome. There's something so satisfying about that thought, right? There really is. Like when you have the gloves on. I mean, the same thing goes for the entire suit, um, but especially the gloves. You just can't not like do stuff like that. Like, I would like constantly walk up like behind like PAs and just like, put my hand on their shoulder, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay." And I'm like, "Sorry, I just I don't know. I'm not doing this." <laughs> well, I yeah. have to admit too. You're very tall. Yes. <laughs> and so I can't imagine you in costume coming up behind. I'd be like, oh my God, he's going to eat me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm tall and lean, and then the costume makes me just like a giant person. I'm a giant so. person. So, <laughs> so, like, are you actually in the costume where you actually lifted at all, or was it mostly just like filling you out? It was mostly filling me out. I mean, I think with the shoes and the feet. Because um, it was like a, a pair of Nike shoes, like molded with the with the foot molded onto oh, it. Oh, nice. yeah. And so with that, I mean, maybe like an inch, uh-huh. but but not a lot. It was it was mostly as far as height goes. It was mostly just like the filling out, and then the head was really big. So with the with the head on, I was like another, not foot, maybe maybe a foot, but I mean that, you, that the makes hair sense. is pretty. Yeah. No, not a foot, like like five or six inches. So, Still, yeah. <laughs> Still, that what made you what seven one. Yeah, it's probably like seven two seven, yeah seven one seven two, which I'm, is how tall Kevin I'm, Peter Hall is. 
by I'm himself. I'm five two. Oh well, I'm yeah. five two. I, I went into a uh, <laughs> local music store yesterday to pick up stuff to get ready for the interview today, and you know I'm in there all the time. I have a good rapport with everybody, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually interviewing the guy who played uh, the Predator in the last movie, and the, that was the first question everybody asked: How tall is this guy? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure you've never heard that before. I, too. I, oh, it's 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 a daily thing that you just get used to, and to the point where. I used to work at a gas station once, mm-hmm. and I worked, uh, like, you know, at the register. And, like, my manager would get more upset at people asking me than yeah. I would because she was just like, oh, they ask all the time. I'm like, it's life. You know? <laughs> it's it's oh, normal for me. It. It's <laughs> kind of like an extension of whenever you go visit your grandparents as a kid and you constantly have to stand up for all their friends and be like, show them how big you've gotten. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like that every day. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, then, and then it's just always surprising people. In a way, because it's like, oh, you must play basketball. I'm like, no, I, I, I do parkour, and I'm a creature guy, and I draw comics. And they're like, oh. And they're like, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, and they're still somehow a little disappointed, and you're like, what the hell? Like, well, I mean, that's okay. You know, Our family still asks us when we're getting jobs, so yeah. it's it's okay. Yeah. No, I feel you. And you're like, what how, What else do I have to do? Like, what? Like, how have I been paying my, my, like, my mortgage? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm like on Predator. My mom's like, well, you, you should get a master's degree in teach. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Love you, mom. Oh my, my mom's great. I love her. I love you, mom. I know, but we so relate. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, we're so thrilled to have you. And uh, everybody, um, as we announced on Ultimate uh Halloween movie guide. We're off the whole 30. Yes, we are. And we are drinking Brian's favorite drink. What is it, Brian? It is a dark and stormy in a horn glass. In a horn glass, because <laughs> yeah. it's Halloween. Cheers, yes, everybody. Cheers. Oh, thank drink. All right. Drink yeah. in the podcast. Yes. For those of you who don't know, a dark and stormy is a ginger beer and dark rum. Yes. Uh, you could cut it with a lime, but I just forgot to get limes. So that's all good. <laughs> it's all good. This is great, by the way. Yeah. Mm. That's what you gotta love about the suburbs of Atlanta. There's a liquor store everywhere. That's very true. (laughs) Have you ever noticed, this is not about movies at all, you guys, Um, in the South they're called package stores. Yes. Why? I don't know. Oh. (laughs) I I was like, but there's no mail here. It's the package store. I mean, it's just like, it's it's the South, like everyone's... Strangely self-conscious about right. the truth, and right. so instead of being we like, "You buy liquor here. here," like, no, it's a package store. <laughs> it's like someone saw like the brown paper around a bottle, and they're like, "Is that alcohol?" No, it's a package. <laughs> package. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, that's enough of an answer for me. Yeah, so. My cool. personal theory is that because that's where whenever people are having to move out of their apartments and they need boxes, they're going to the nice. liquor stores to get boxes, which is the perfect packing box. Yeah. I, about yeah, a year ago, <laughs> about a year and a half ago, I was helping my mom move, uh-huh. and my mom is like very much not a drinker, like, you know, wouldn't be caught near the stuff most of the time, and I was just like, okay, mom, we need more boxes, we're going to go to the liquor store together, and she's like, okay. okay. <laughs> and you're like, no, they're legit, and they're sturdy. <laughs> Why don't we just go to the package store? <laughs> you're like, tomato, tomato. No, over here, that's different. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So, our our ultimate scary movie guide came out today, and we're talking movies. So, but we're not really. We're just in in just talking about things that we like. So, your we were just talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about that yesterday at all. It, it, and came, it came up in the lightning round. It was in our lightning round, but we didn't pull it aside. But I'm, I'm I, glad we didn't now. I know, know because we've. We've watched that movie a ton, and it's what's so great about that group of people mm-hmm. is 
their take on like funny, but also like, oh my God moments. Yes. So let's kind of dive into Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, definitely. I'm down. (laughs) Edgar Wright is just like, as a storyteller, one of my favorite, like one of my favorites, Um, just because... I don't know. His movies are always really fun. Like I grew up watching a lot of like cartoons, like Looney Tunes, Tom uh-huh. and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And whenever I watch like one of his like really like banging movies, it just feels like I'm I'm watching a cartoon. You yeah, know, in like the best ways. Like it's fun. Like there'll be like whole sequences that are experimental. Yeah, but they'll oh, work. Funny. And so it's a, they're really creative movies. And with Shaun of the Dead, like I feel like that's all there. And on top of it, it's it's this fun mix of it feels like a parody of the zombie genre, but then it also is just like a really good zombie movie. It is as engaging as any zombie movie out there, you yeah. know. And like you know, they actually put the stakes in, so it's not yes. it's not like you know you're not watching Monty Python and the Zombie Apocalypse, you yeah. know. Like yeah. like there's that would be a bad movie. I'm, no, I mean I'd kind of be down for it. <laughs> Watch it. <Yeah. laughs> But, uh, like, you know, and there's still an element of there, and it does have that absurdist humor. You know, like, the two scenes I always think about is whenever they're stumbling drunk in the streets, and then the zombie finishes out the lyric for yeah. them. Or when, yeah. they're, when they're going through the record collection, Dire Straits, throw it, uh, you know, Stone Roses. I like the first one, you know? Yes. yes. It, I, oh, man, it has all those good moments in it. But, like, the final death scene. Yes. So... Hey guys, this is spoiler alert. This is like Spoilers. a this spoiler is like, alert for a fifteen-year-old movie. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. if you haven't seen it, then stop the podcast, put it on. I'm sure it's on Netflix. Probably, I would imagine. Yeah, if if nothing else, you can rent it on almost anywhere for like three bucks. Yeah, and it's it's worth three dollars. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, and it was part of like this. Well, anyway, this the final like battle. It still sticks in my mind, like the way that. When you said Edgar Wright is experimental, it literally was like, oh my God, yeah. he so is because yeah. people, he's hit and miss with people. Yeah. And I think it's because he thinks ahead of the curve. And mm-hmm. so kind of that almost stop motion feel in his action. Yes. Yeah. That I didn't, you know, we take it for granted now because that's normal, but like he, I feel like, did he invent that? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think so, but. Because I feel like we didn't see it until kind of like... Yeah, I definitely think his movies popularized it uh, to a, a large degree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, because if, if you... Because it's like kind of the same for Hot Fuzz and, and Baby Driver. They have like a lot of like the same, like, not same, but like experimental cinematography in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he picked up a lot of that uh, where it really came from. And this is where Jordan, the movie geek cinephile, comes in to play. <laughs> yeah. We use uh, him often because he's very helpful. <laughs> I'm, al- I'm also the only one who knows how to run the recording, recording equipment on this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of that, I think, came from like Requiem for a Dream, mm. Darren Aronofsky. Because yeah. he used what he would call like the hip hop cuts, hip hop montages in there. And that movie, I can't remember the numbers, but like for as many scenes as there are, there's something like four or five times as many cut per scene yeah uh, because he's doing really yeah because you know and of course I've only seen that movie once because I don't know anybody who's seen it twice you know (laughs) but uh but like especially whenever they're actually like shooting up or something like that it has almost those like Edgar Wright style cuts in there yeah so Edgar Wright kind of took that that type of thing which can be feel very oppressive and very like just you know really fast almost like you're getting high watching it yeah and he made that like a semi-universal appeal, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite things about that is like when you really experiment with the medium like that mm-hmm. because, and, and not in a way where it's like, because it, you know, there are some movies that are so artistic that you can't, you're just like, I feel dumb because yeah. I don't understand <laughs> oh, what's happening. Understand, but, but, yes. Yeah. And, and what I love about those movies is it's, it, it makes the movie 
fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something that a lot of people say, but not a lot of, I don't think a lot of people really think about like kind of what it means to say that, you know, it's like, it's besides the characters and even the plot, um, you're just enjoying the watch. And like, one thing I, I compare that to is, um, I don't know, like, a the, the newest Mario game, actually, like, like, like Mario Odyssey for the Switch. Like, yeah, I, I played I got, a little bit of that. Like, I got it, and I was just playing it like mindlessly for hours, and my friend's like, oh, is it good? I'm like, it's really good. He's like, what's the best part? I'm like, it's just fun to play. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, it's just when I'm engaging with the system, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. And so with, with uh, like Shaun of the Dead specifically, I just... I will watch that movie no matter how many times I've seen it because I just enjoy like the cadence of it, you know, like I have a good time watching it. I kind of yeah. compare it to whenever I'm doing like, especially like a lot of really like synthesizer based music, oh, uh, cool. you know, cause I do a lot of stuff that's just kind of based on drones, like not a yeah. lot of like chord changes or things like that. Yeah. But you know, if you just sit there and hold down a note for 10 minutes, it's going to get really boring. Yeah. So what you do, what I do as a sound designer is I go through there and I try and add like subtle movement throughout it that you may not necessarily know, but it keeps the harmonic con- content constantly shifting yeah so if you're listening to somebody play for 10 minutes there's still enough going on in there where you're not getting bored or like waterboarded with noise you know yeah Yeah. and so i think i think edgar wright especially in something like Shaun of the dead he's doing that because yeah like you're watching guys stumble drunk away from the pub yeah but you know there's so much going on in there to keep you visually engaged but he's such a good filmmaker that he knows where to pull it back like you said so that way you don't just feel dumb or you don't feel overstimulated you know but he's really good at directing energy because there is if you do just watch it with soft focus it's like it's it's a lot to take yeah. in and the colors he uses I can't so I just pulled up his IMDb because I was just like just wanting to see his like insane amount of things he's done and everything he does is so colorful mm-hmm. which could be like dizzying yeah and his movies I don't think are no well no. I don't feel like they are so <laughs> yeah no I don't think well so. and you're a you're a you know graphic artist so mm-hmm. if you know anybody was going to be really tuned into oh that's too many colors you would notice before <laughs> either of us you know that's so. true the, it, yeah, I hope so for sure. Um, one of my favorite things about Shaun of the Dead specifically, because um, this is a huge thing I I think about a lot, is um is the way it handles death um in the story because I feel like a lot of like movies especially um they'll they'll be designed in a way where they're like oh okay and then the character dies so people will be sad but it's like that's it's like there's two things I don't like about that. Like it's like one that's not true. You know, if we're not connected to the character at all, we won't care. Oh, like yeah. we'll we'll Hundreds. be upset or like horrified depending on how it happens, but we won't be connected to the character enough to actually be like invested in their fate. And then also like I feel like I, I like this is like a little like I don't know me being a little preachier or something, but I I just feel like as storytellers, it's like kind of an obligation to handle death a little more appropriately mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, sure, sometimes we just want to see henchmen get blasted. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like when you're when you're like watching a film and you genuinely feel like a character, you know, grieving over another character in a way that feels real. If you've ever gone through that, you're like, oh yeah, that was nice. You know, like yeah. I, I know that feeling. I feel yeah. that. Whereas if they're just like if their best friend gets their face blasted off, they're like, no. Oh no, okay, next scene. No, You're like, why don't you children. care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we watched a movie recently where the main villain, we literally blinked and we couldn't tell that he had died, you oh, know? Yeah, I think I know which movie you're talking about. <laughs> 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 uh, I was going to say, whatever, whatever movie this is, I saw it with my mom and she leaned over me and was like, did he die? And I went, oh no. <laughs> 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 no. 
when um, when we had watched said movie, <laughs> Jessica literally blinked, and I had to tell her, "Oh no, he's dead." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh that's my bee. so good. <laughs> oh, that's amazing." Well, on this podcast, we talk a lot about earning moments. Yes. Um, Ooh, okay. And um, as for myself, uh, yeah, I'm like a meathead stunt person, but I also, my, my goal is to, I write a lot and, yeah. to, and I direct. And, um, and with my fancy schmancy acting degree, you learn about earning your moments. And I feel like Edgar Wright, but also Shaun of the Dead, earns its moments. Yeah. It's not just ridiculous. And it's, because it could be. Because it's zombies. Yeah, it could it could be, and it would be yeah. Yeah, yeah. but there's I, so many great examples of that in Shaun of the Dead. One of my favorite ones is his stepdad, who like you know he uh, has like the rocky relationship yeah. with, and whenever he discovers he's been bitten, he you know can't bring himself to bash himself bash him in the head. And then whenever he finally turns in the car and they've had a moment together, he's really upset. Yeah. And then they get everybody out of the car. And so, like, you feel for that, and you feel like, oh, that's a relationship that could have been built better. But then they ended on a punchline, and the punchline they ended on where he still turned, where he's like, that, the, that's not the man you married, that's not Phil. And then he turns down the music. <laughs> like, to me, that is just a perfect recipe for I felt for the character, I felt for the relationship, it earned the death, and I still laughed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, it, play, it, it plays within a genre. So well, I'm, I gotta look at the Andy. Was Shaun of the Dead first or was Hot Fuzz? Shaun of the Dead was first. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and Hot Fuzz came after it. In Edgar Wright's filmography, there was Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I mean, first there was Spaced, which mm-hmm. I, I've never. I'm not a huge Spaced fan. I need to go back and revisit it sometime. Yeah, me too. Uh, I never watched it through. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. We've watched some of it. Yeah. It's, Did you finish it? I never finished it. Okay. It's so British, and I usually like British comedy, but I, I think you just have to be prepared for how British it actually is That's as an American. That's a good point. Yeah. Is, is that the one with the cat? No, I don't, no, that's something else. But uh, anyway, so there's Shaun of the Dead, then there's Hot Fuzz, then he worked on Ant-Man forever before mm-hmm. he left it, and then he made The World's End. Yeah, and then there was there was one in there. Well, oh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And then there was one with the alien. I never. Oh, that, actually, that, no, that wasn't. That wasn't. That Edgar was the right. Oh, no, no, no. Well, no, there was one with um. It has. It has. Oh, oh, oh uh, you're talking about Paul, which yeah. has uh, Nick Frost and Simon, Simon Pegg, Pegg and Seth Rogen. I think. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's Edgar Wright. Though. I don't think Edgar okay. Wright has anything script, to do with that. Uh, he's the uncredited script editor. So okay. he yeah. which, which was means a he came writer. in and helped his buddies out. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, uh, he al- he yeah. also wrote co-wrote uh, the Tintin movie that Spielberg did. Oh. Which that is a great. It's a movie. fantastic film. Yeah. I was as riveted. Like that is honestly what I wish. Indiana Jones 4 was, you yeah, know? I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Tintin, I remember the whole time we were like, wow! Yeah. Wow! This has no right being this good. Yeah. yeah. It was I, so good. I watched it with my mom, and I remember my, my mom and I, we don't go see movies together a lot, but for whatever reason, the Indiana Jones movies are ones that we always have common ground <laughs> on. Yeah, oh, cool. and, and she was saying how she went and saw... Uh, she went and saw Temple of Doom right before she had my sister. Like, I think it was like within weeks, you know? And uh, she was just like, she told me, honestly, I thought I was going to give birth in the theater because that movie kept me so tense. Oh, that's and, so cool. And I know that my mom <laughs> feels that way in a movie when she retells that story. Mm-hmm. And she retold me that story during Tintin. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, speaking of Scott Pilgrim, I feel like that's such a polarizing movie because yeah, people yeah. either hate it or love it we're in the love it category I'm in the love it category for I, movie. we saw it whenever it first came out and I didn't really know how I felt about it that first time yeah. and it, it was a few years before I rewatched it again but we rewatched it 
of within like within like the last a, year. Yeah. Um, and I'd forgotten how good that movie is. Yeah. So good. Like she left to go to LA or somewhere, uh, you know, a few weeks later and literally I watched it again. So I watched it twice within the span of a month. Yeah. Uh, and because it's so engaging, there's so much that you can really like latch on to. Yeah. And also like, you know, he, I think part of the, part of the reason too is that I didn't recognize a lot of the actors in there. Like, you know, of course I watched, we watched Arrested Development. So, you know, Michael Sarah. Yeah. But like, I didn't know who Aubrey Plaza was. I didn't know right. who Mary Elizabeth Winstead was. So having some years on whenever I've seen other stuff that they've done, yeah. I can go back and I can appreciate, oh, they were actually giving their creative twist on these characters. That's so cool that you mentioned that because you're right. Like it has a high rewatch value because of that specifically. Mm-hmm. Like you watch it and you're like, oh, Captain America is one of the X's and <laughs> yeah. Superman's one of the other ones, you know? And, and uh, it's just, it's, that's a fantastic movie. I, I, yeah, I like that one the more I watch it, but I do feel like it is divisive, but I think it's a good divisive. Um, I, I can't remember who said it. It, it might've been like in a Mark Manson book or something, but someone was like, you know, the, you know, if, if you're somebody that everybody likes, then you're probably somebody that nobody truly loves or truly hates, but yeah. like to be truly loved, someone has to truly hate you. And so I feel that way with that movie where, where it's like, it's divisive, but in that way where it just, it knew who it wanted to cater and what it wanted to do to the point where like, if mm-hmm. you don't, like if you don't play video games, if you don't like punk music, um, if you're not into comics, like you just, like there's a high chance you won't like that movie and that's yeah. fine because it's not for you. Yeah. You know. It, it was made specifically for people and I remember it was interesting because you know it opened and it didn't make that much money. I mm-hmm. don't even know if it made its budget back. Yeah, I don't um, even know. But even like the he- like the studio heads at Universal, they were still defending it. They were like, well, we know that this was a movie that was cr- that was crafted and that we believe in and has its audience and it's just going to take a while for it to find its audience. Yeah. So for the studio heads to be like, oh, we're fine that it didn't make this much money because we still have faith in the yeah, movie. Like that, This is a good piece of movie that yeah. says something about it yeah you know? yeah man, oh yeah. yeah well and also for something that was when you first start watching it it's so benign it's just like this yeah. loser boy and then it takes a supernatural twist yeah um it just I, it was so it was, it's a 2010 movie is that near like um the butterfly effect movie or not the butterfly Maybe. what's um the one with jim carrey and kate winslet oh uh, uh eternal jim sunshine oh. they for some reason feel like the, similar storytelling it, is I, can, I actually think you're bringing up a good point it is definitely like a more mainstream version of a Charlie Kaufman movie yeah. because you're just kind of, you're just expected to be on board with oh this weird thing happens and everybody knows that that's some like oh this person exploded in the coins and these people accept that that's the way that it is and yeah. you just have to be ready to be on board with it. I, I love that. Like is like I, I watch a lot of anime. That's like my biggest yeah. like thing that I'm like well not animation in general. Like yeah. when I was a teenager it was anime specifically. But so that being said, like whenever I watch something and it just it, it will go like like Scott Pilgrim's a perfect example where it will have these like norms in it where they're just like that's just how it is and we're not gonna explain how that Mm-hmm. how it happened or how the real world turned into that I'm like cool yeah. like I'm, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. actually happier I'm like I don't want to know I just want to accept that this is the reality I'm watching right now yeah and I don't need to know scientifically why <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what yeah. are some of your favorite animes um I mean a lot of like the, the late 90s early 2000s classics mm-hmm. so like of course like Cowboy Bebop and yeah. anything mm-hmm. like around then um like one of my all-time favorites, like Outlaw Star. I don't know if I could defend it. I just love it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a, I've got a few like yeah. that too. Um, yeah. uh, I 
I've been working Anime Expo for the last couple of years. Oh, in LA. cool! Yeah, I've been twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you there last year? No, no. 2008 was the last year I went. Gotcha. Yeah, that was wild. I, I was running. I was running sound for the live stream last year, awesome. and then the year before, uh, a band, Alice, who I've played with a few times, are good friends of mine in LA. Yeah. Uh, they did a whole Cowboy Bebop concert. Oh uh, man, they have like a Cowboy Bebop awesome. music video, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack is like the first music I actively listen to. I I hear that from a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, whenever I go there, I'm so out of place because if somebody's like, what's your favorite anime? I'm just like, well, I've seen Akira, you know? (laughs) Oh, hey, that's that's better than saying like, I don't know, something that's bad. (laughs) But the, uh, oh yeah, I I love Cowboy Bebop. Um, Especially like anime, I don't know, anime, my iPod in high school was just filled with anime soundtracks. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I had a point I was going to make and I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I like anime, I'm a nerd. Ah, but. Uh, I mean, the, the good thing is that, you know, nerd culture is kind of popular culture now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just people, people don't want to admit it. Yeah, I'm actually a, a director for Momocon in Atlanta. Oh, yeah? And I'm, a, I'm the panel moderator for the animation track at Dragon Con. That's um, awesome. And it's, it's just, yeah, I, I start, thank you. I, I started doing it like almost 10 years ago just like staffing for conventions and I just really loved doing it and this year was the funniest at Dragon Con because I was this past September and um, I was still doing the panel moderations and this is like the second Dragon Con I've gone to as a staff member after Predator and so (laughs) the first time I was like whatever no one knew and then this time like there was this like rumor just among the staff and then like it just kind of kept spreading where I'd be walking through the artist alley and someone would be like "Are are you the are you the new predator? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why are you a guest? I'm like, the movie's not out yet. I'm working. <laughs> and they're just like, we don't know. Well, they yeah. don't know what to do. I was working a panel and I was like talking to the panelists. I'm like, oh, so let's talk about animation. Da, 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 da. And then one of the panelists is just like, he's the predator. I'm like, no, Joe, stop. You Joe, it. don't do this. You ruined it. Well, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> that is the crazy thing about what we do. And, you know, like I, you know, I haven't, whenever people ask me what I do, I always tell them, you know, well, nothing that you would necessarily recognize, but enough that helps me keep the lights on. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, people, think that like oh you're in the predator so you don't have to work anymore right it is so not true yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, like, besides I mean, the fact that you're still hustling for the next job it's yeah. like no you're, you're still gonna be staffing at conventions sometimes yeah. you know that like i feel comfortable enough talking about it, but like that that like one thing you said like that that has made a lot of my relationships rocky in mm-hmm. the last like year and a half where yeah. you know you you do this thing a lot of people are like oh well you're just like mr big bucks now and i'm like no like it was a nice it was a nice chunk, you know, I'm not going to say what it was, but I guarantee you it's nowhere near what people think it is. Right. Oh, and then of it's, not. yeah, you know, your face isn't shown. You're not yeah. a, a, a list cast. And, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not complaining at all about it. But, but that being said, it's like, you know, I, I, I put a bunch into my student loans and then I paid off a lot of like healthcare things I had been, yeah. been putting off because I was like, I don't have, I don't have health insurance, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of that went into just like me catching up to like actually feeling like an adult. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm like, kind of just like, I've been coasting off of it and it's been like what, two years now or a year and a half. So it's like, you know, I've spent most of it just living and, um, and I don't get a lot of work for, for stunt stuff like that. And I'm not like, not complaining about it. I just, I'm mostly focusing on my art career. And when I do get jobs, they're, they're freaking great and they're fantastic. But it's, it's kind of like, it's rough sometimes where people will treat you in yeah. this way. And, and the worst thing about it is when you start kind of doubting yourself and then you may be like, Oh, well, like, should I be there? Like, you right. know, like, and then you start like having all these thoughts and you go like, no, 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 I'm fine. That's them. It's putting them, putting it on me. But well, that, yeah. I mean, and that's something I totally get in like the composer world as well, because yeah. you know, like 
Oh, you I know, bet. Because yeah. Hans Zimmer is like the first like rock star composer. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the most part, you know Hans Zimmer and you know John Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Danny Elfman as well. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, if I tell you, oh yeah, well, have you heard the new James Newton Howard score? Most people are gonna be like, oh, what, what's Who's he that? done? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so like, you know, with me, like, you know, I've had some, you know, minor successes mm-hmm. and, you know, people are surprised that it's like, oh no, I still have to go work my corporate job now too, because mm-hmm. you know, I got bills to pay. I got to yeah, go adult now. It's, it's, you know, it's work and it, and it sounds like complaining, but it is what it is. Like people... They think, you know, they hear that you are associated with one film production and they suddenly assume that, that, you know, you're balling out of control and you're like, hopefully one day, not yet, but also it is work, you know, like it's, well, Well, it's also too, when your face isn't seen, Mm -hmm. people just, they assume like, I, I I can't remember the last time my face was seen and something and people, they're like, well, where can we see you? And you're like, um, well, my legs are in Chicago PD, <laughs> yeah. and um, my booty's in Rizzolian Isles. And, and Re- recently, it was crazy with you though, because uh, she was on an episode of Shameless, where oh, she, really, where she was, uh, she was in. A, I did some throwdowns. Yeah. yeah, she was in a bike gang, and her face is clearly. No, I'm sorry. I'm a, I was in a lesbian Subaru gang. A lesbian Subaru, get Subaru it, gang. Please get it correct. <laughs> I was in a lesbian Subaru gang. I th- I drove that red Subaru in like it was like hot. Yeah. And then oh, I man. started a fight. But like now we have all these people like in Tennessee, our friends who, you know, we grew up with, they're sending her like Facebook pictures like, I saw you on here. And it's just like, she's like, yeah, that was just another job for me. But I'm glad you can finally see my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I was in, I was in Black Panther. I was one of the, uh, the Jabari tribe stunts oh, yeah? um, in the reshoots of the final battle. And oh, so like, yeah, 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 yeah. So when M'Baku shows up and then yeah, the yeah, Jabari yeah. storm in. I'm, I'm like back there somewhere fighting Jefferson Lewis. <laughs> That's and, great. And we're just like, and people are like, oh, I'm going to look for you. I'm like, please don't. Just watch the movie because I couldn't find me. And it's just, you're going to, it's going to take you out enough that you're going to like, but yeah. just watch it. It's fine. Yeah. But I got paid. Yeah. So thank you. I did my thing. I I'm did, good. You know? good. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean that, that movie was really great. And those fight scenes were really fun. I loved being a part of it. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And it really um, changed kind of, Black Panther being in Atlanta. Yeah. It was... It, that I, I that was like to, a Tyler Perry level watershed moment for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. it was a huge, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Like, and I say, I say that without irony, just for those, no, those people who don't live in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, Tyler Perry is responsible for the, a lot of the renaissance. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I will yes. say like it's, and a lot of people they try to downplay it sometimes because they just don't understand. But like for me, like, like not only seeing Black Panther, but getting to be a part of it is like, borderline with like watching Obama become inaugurated and yeah. it's one of those things that a lot of people be like it's not a big deal and I'm like to you yeah. like it's right it, and I, I get that this isn't saving the world but it's like you have no idea what it's like oh, to like it's being art, it's being seen yeah art and, so and great, art and culture you know? is a big part of that you it's know huge, I mean and you know, you know representation of media matters well and we've had know? conversations like this like there's some movies that we haven't done on here just because you know we're a couple of white people and we don't <laughs> you know and like you know we un- we understand and support like uh you know we've had a lot of people wanting us to do crazy rich Asians you know yeah and you know oh we, yeah like literally messages saying can you guys do crazy Irritations, yeah. and and we and we're still looking into possibly doing that. But like, I there's a part of me that's uncomfortable because like you know we're filmmakers more than we're white people. Yeah. So you know I don't want to sit there and pick apart this movie from the perspective that we'll be looking at it at, where and make it sound like we're just 
shitting on this movie and and it's super it's it's super important and i couldn't be more excited that like you know with black panther there is a black superhero and it made a billion dollars yeah you know and with crazy rich asians it's like wow this is a movie full of asian people that isn't that isn't Mickey Rooney in yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right. That, that's a good point too, because my friend uh, Caroline, she's half Asian, and she was telling me about the movie because I hadn't seen it yet, and she was like, "Oh, oh, there's just this one part," and like it wasn't like what she said; it was how she said it. She was just like describing this character in the movie that reminded her directly of her grandmother. Uh-huh. But she went off in this way that was just like, "Oh, that was so great! I love my grandma," and I was like, "Right." there like yeah that's right. that's what the movie did you know yeah so what were you no, saying well I just was for me Wonder Woman I went with a group oh, of stunt women yeah. to go watch Wonder Woman yeah and all of us during when you know that oh gosh I'm getting chills just even thinking about it when she breaks into the uh, clock tower yeah and like opens a can of whoop ass when, when she like when she says like you don't have to go but I will and, and oh that's yeah. me oh up, my God. And, the theme, and the theme starts playing yeah I'm in a row of stunt women and all of us started weeping oh it was so powerful yeah, yeah. and it wasn't like everybody else was just like yeah we wept yeah because we aren't seen now it still sucked because she was fighting all men yeah. mm-hmm. she didn't get to fight other women mm-hmm. Womp womp. But well, I mean, it was World War One. Yeah, I hear that every day. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> all right, Jordan just became part of the problem. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for mansplaining that to me. <laughs> you're, you're right. I uh, I accept everybody's judgment on that. <laughs> but that's what, no, that's what I'm talking about though. Is that I'm looking at it from a story perspective, which yes. isn't always fair. You right. know. Well, like, because um, I'm one of the few women in the Southeast. Like, I get a lot of horse jobs. Yeah. That's like one of the fir- things I'm hired for. So I really? submitted for Mag Seven. Yeah, I just got off three weeks off of a Western, and um, I, I I ride horses. That's what I'm like. I have other skills, but I've been doing that my whole life, and that's cool. what you can blindfold me, put me on backwards, and I can ride a horse. That's awesome. But I I submitted for Mag Seven because they needed hundreds of people to ride, hundreds. Oh wow! And every cowboy in the United States worked on that movie, so I submitted. I was like. You need people. You need good writers. You need people who won't fall off unless you're asking me to. I do saddle falls. I do all those things. And they're like, but you're a female. And there was, it's in the Wild West. I was like, put me as writer 70. Yeah. Put my hair in a hat and I would be a younger person without a beard. Yeah. Oh, man. And I didn't get hired. And it happens. And I get, actually, I almost That's didn't get crazy. hired for a, for the Leonard Skinner thing I did. Uh-huh. I almost didn't get hired because I'm a smaller female. And the coordinator, I because I called him and I was like, "Yo, you need me? Like, let's do this." Because yeah, I, I gave do him, a, this. yeah, it was a fight. It was no big deal. And um, I, he called me back five minutes later. He goes, "I'm an idiot. Of course, I need females in the ND. I'm so sorry. You're hired. Awesome. So, but but being seen and being included is so important. And when Black Panther was in town, I mean. Like I, I saw uh, Janisha Ginyard a ton because yeah. uh, oh, she was in Janisha. town. Yeah. She's, Janisha, oh, great. She's so great, yeah. And she was living um, in Decatur, yeah. And so I was seeing her often, and just watching her life change, and watching all yes. these women's and these people of color's lives change, yeah. Just from a movie, yeah. It's a movie, but their lives changed, and yeah. I think. I just think it's important. Yeah, for Absolutely. me, it was also the cosplay too. Like seeing like yeah. these these kids be like, "Oh, I get to be this character," mm-hmm. and then, um, and I remember there's one too where it was like this this uh, this white kid was 
dressed as Black Panther for like Halloween and people were like, oh, he shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, like that's awesome. Like that. I love that. You know, like that's we want more of that, you know, and just we want people to see these characters and not think like that's a cool black character. We just want them to be like, oh, these are great characters. characters. Exactly. They're great characters. I was um, right after Black Panther came out. um, I was working a charity basketball event here in Atlanta. Okay, cool. And this little uh, Latin American boy, I don't know where he was from. Uh, but he came up to me and he goes, I'm doing face painting. Yeah. Mind you, I am not a good artist. I just have a good <laughs> heart and I like children. So I was like, I'll do face paint. I'm not good. But he came up and he goes, I want the Black Panther mask. Oh, that's so cool. And I went, <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> and it, I literally painted this boy's face for 10 minutes. I pulled up, I got my phone out, I pulled up the poster <laughs> yeah. because I was like, I can't just like, uh, so, but I, I, I did like the lines of the mask. Yeah. So he had like ears and like all the lines and he walked away and he was just and like, and he immediately was like, what kind of forever? I was uh, like, stop it. It's so good. It's so good. It's oh, so I, good. I love that. It makes me happy. Uh, should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's do that. And we'll come back and continue chatting with Brian Prince. Oh, yeah. We'll be right back. Have you ever looked at all those Insta celebrities and been like, where do you get your raw jewelry because it's gorgeous? Or where did you get that female empowerment shirt because I need one? But then you think to yourself, I don't wanna go shopping because it's too selfish. What if I could tell you, you can get awesome apparel, awesome jewelry, and it gives back. You need to check out Rock's Jewelry Shop. That's right, Rock's, R-O-X. Rock's Jewelry Shop has amazing jewelry and I just got a shirt that says, those females are strong as hell. Thank you, Kimmy Schmidt. You can check out Rock's Jewelry Shop online and with code DATENIGHT, you'll get 15% off. So head on over to Rock's, R-O-X, JewelryShop.com, code DATENIGHT for 15% off. And we're back with uh, Brian A. Prince, who was awesome enough to come by and talk with us today. Now, what I'm stoked about in the first part of this episode is that we barely talked about the Predator, which is kind of what I wanted. The whole goal. (laughs) Yeah, the whole goal is like, oh, let's just have somebody cool in to talk about movies with us, you know? Uh, But now, you know, because we've been telling people, we're about to interview the Predator, and that's pretty cool. You know, let's talk about some more Predator stuff. And so, obviously... If you've listened to the other episode, you know that Jessica and I were not fans of the new Predator. Hashtag there are thoughts. But one thing that we did say, and this was even before we got in touch with Brian, is that the creature work in this was so good. so good. The scene with you in the lab. Thank you. That, like, that right there, that made... Honestly, it was unfair because I was like, oh, this is going to be a good move. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I don't want to get into that, but, you know, I I, I mostly just kind of want to talk about, like, so how did you get the job as the Predator? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good story. Um, So I've been doing, like, I've been doing stunts for, like, three years, but not, like, I, I don't even want to try to say full time. Um, it's just something that you... Quote f- fell, fell upon. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah. used that one before, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> Brand new. Yeah, I, um, I've been doing parkour for at this point ten years, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the like I feel comfortable with saying I'm the tallest parkour guy in the world. Maybe. I love it. Especially like with the like if there is someone taller, they're they have been training for ten years. Yeah, and, right. And so can you uh, just bef- not to interrupt you, yeah. but um, for those who may not know what parkour is, yeah, yeah, parkour is like the physical discipline of moving like in, around, and through an environment only yeah. using the human body, and yeah. so. 
um, a lot of times when we're describing it, people will be like, oh, like The Office? We're like, okay, that is hilarious, but no. But, <laughs> but the, um, like the James Bond sequence in Casino Royale where he's mm-hmm. chasing after the bomb maker. I mean, that put parkour on the map. It did. And what's cool about that scene is the guy he's chasing, the actor for that is named Sebastian Foucault. He's actually one of the like original parkour athletes from France I, in the I don't 90s. think I knew that. Yeah, he's like legit one of the like founding fathers, of, yeah. uh, so to speak, of parkour. I did know so. that. I knew something you didn't know. Well, it happens on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it, it was cool. Like, uh, that that's actually, because I, I remember seeing Casino Royale, and then um, and then I was like, that is awesome. I don't know what they're doing. Because my, my favorite, like, growing up, huge nerdy kid, animating video games the whole time, and my favorite video games were always, like, action platformers that had mm-hmm. parkour-esque movements in them. So, like, seeing that in real life was legitimately mind-blowing to me. And so then, like, years later, I was watching Ninja Warrior, and um, it was when it was still on G4, and it was the Japanese one. Yeah. And I freaking love that show. Yes. Uh, And it it was, and they had the contest where they had Americans try out to go over to Japan and compete. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was the second time they did it, first or second, and the three guys were, um, it was Levi Muenberg, Brett Sims, and Brian Orozco, and they were parkour athletes, and I just remember watching it and being like oh this is like a thing that people actually do and then i went online and i started watching youtube videos i don't even think we had youtube well it, we did it was like youtube was like not good yet um but I remember that but yes. yeah right and so i would i would just watch a bunch of videos and then i found like forums and then i was like i'm, I'm gonna do this but you know everyone was like you're too tall you can't do that um at this like point baloney I'm, yeah at this point <laughs> i'm 19 i just came out of high school i knew i didn't want to play basketball anymore but I was like, oh, this seems cool. I'm going to do it. And so I um, I just, like, back then we, we didn't have classes. We didn't have gyms. We only had, like, YouTube or written out tutorials. And they were, like, okay because, like, in the past, parkour was a lot more about believing you can do it and a lot less about, like, oh, here's how your glute posterior chain works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. And so um, I just watched a bunch of tutorials. And I just went out and started trying it. And it was kind of like the first time in my life I really felt like I could um, – become better at something like before yeah. then I just I had a very fixed mindset I was like I'm good at these things and I'm bad at the rest and then right. in doing parkour I was like no I can become better if I just try harder in a smart way and so I just kind of kept doing it and then you know 10 years passed and I'm, I love it I still do it I'm actually going to do parkour after this that's why I wanted to <laughs> move the recording time nice. and um it's just something that honestly just like I don't know like when I'm it sounds corny but like when I'm training parkour I'm like my best self <clears throat> so you know tangent I say that to say that like I I got into stunts in 2015 um but before then it was just parkour was like my right. main physical discipline that got me into stunts and a lot of people think parkour is just the running and the jumping but it's a lot about body awareness and control and mm-hmm. so like in learning stunt things I was able to be like oh okay I think I can do that I think I figured right, that you out. understood how to learn it yeah I knew how to learn like parkour taught me how to learn and so um, I had done a few jobs, like my first job ever, I think, was Cell. Yeah, it was Cell oh, yeah. with John Cusack and uh, yeah. Samuel Jackson. And I was I was special extras. But if you watch the movie, you're like, no, you're doing stunts. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so, uh, so it's on my resume. Somewhere. It's on my resume. <laughs> yeah. But it was special extras. and um, But that was cool. I, I wasn't even mad. I was like, oh, that was a great experience. I'd never been on set before at that point. Um, or I never worked on set. But um, after that... I got a Tyler Perry job that I didn't even get to do. Damn it. Uh, it was for the haves and the have-nots. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my first stunt role. 
but then like I got there and I had the gun and I was about to do the thing and shoot the cop or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then Tyler Perry walked in and he was like, "Oh, he's too tall." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh my god! <laughs> I, I guess you I'll get just... the opposite of what they tell me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no! I was like, oh, "I guess I'll, I guess I'll go home." Um, Damn it! But I still got paid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then after that, I just got like a super lucky streak, and Great. I got called to do five days on Civil War for the Lagos, Nigeria scene. Yes, yes, yes. That was so fun. That was the one of the best five days of my life. And after that, I did a damn Walking Dead. And then uh, after that, really nothing. I mean, a lot of like auditions and meet and greets in of there. Course, I was training course. every day, but no work. And uh, I really wanted to check out the Pacific Northwest, so I moved to Seattle. And I was up there working at a parkour gym and uh, called Parkour Visions. And it was a great time, uh, a weird time. I don't know if you've ever, you guys have moved across the country, so you get mm-hmm. all of the stress that comes with that. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was just like a lot of that, like, re- and I, I did it by myself, so it's like, you know, refining friend groups, whatever, I'm not going to tell that story. But <laughs> so I'm, I'm there, I'm having a good time, and I'm, I'm starting to think what I'm going to do next. And then, yeah, I just get a call from Lance Gilbert, who I had not worked for before. He's so nice. He's the greatest person I hung, I hung out with him on Lethal Weapon. I wasn't working. I hustled yeah. Tim Trella, who's the stunt coordinator. Yeah. And Lance was there, and I was like, hello, you just did office Christmas party. Can you tell me about that horse scene? And he was like, yeah, come in the car and come talk. Oh. <laughs> he's such a good dude. He's so great. And so he, he called me, and he's like... He's like, are you, are you real? Like, that's essentially, like, that's my summary of the conversation. He's like, are you really 6'10 and do parkour? I'm like, yeah, who's this? And then, um, oh, wow. and essentially just gives me the rundown. And then, like, a week later, I was in an audition in L.A. Great. And um, I couldn't believe that. That was insane. And so I was there with four other guys. And one of them was Kyle Strauss, who's still one of my best friends today. And he uh, he was one of the other predators in the movie that got, that got cut out, unfortunately. But he did a lot of, like... He did proxy work for the uh, assassin predator as well as like he did okay. like a few days in my suit mm-hmm. for fill-in work when I was on second unit. Um, and Kyle honestly just was like, he was my personal movement coach through that entire film. So like a lot of the times when people were like, oh, I loved how you did that. And I was like, that was me working with Kyle. Mm-hmm. So I was like giving him a lot of credit on there. Um, but either way, uh, so I was at the audition and it was at Tempest Freewriting Academy. Yeah. In the one? Valley. Uh- yeah. I trained there. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, I used to go on Tuesdays. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Okay, so you get it. You, you know the place I'm talking about. And like as like a parkour nut, I'd like I'd always wanted to go, but it never And been. it looks like a Mario game. It does. Oh my gosh. It's full it's circle. One of the coolest places. Like <laughs> go if you haven't been, take a class. Um but so I was like, this trip's a win win. I get to go to Tempest and That's I'm in LA. Great. Cool, whatever. And then um and then we're there, and I just was like warming up and having a great time. And then Lance was like, "Okay, so you know, we did like some some close up stuff on the eyes. We did some like posing stuff, some interview stuff, and then we did like a thing where we started at one point in the gym, ended at another point. And he's just like, do whatever you want.' And um, majority of that year, I had been doing parkour competitions, and so the uh, the SPLs, the Sport Parkour League, I helped them out a lot. Has been organizing a lot more like grassroots competitions in the country. And the way they do their style comps is they're like, start here, end here, do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's like a style comp, and I'm in a parkour gym, so I'll just do that. I'll do what I would do with like less flips and just like try to add some creature stuff to it. And that's what oh, I did. Yeah. Um, and I had a ball. That was like one of my favorite days ever. And uh, yeah, I just was like, there's, 
Again, I don't say this to be negative. It's just there was zero part of me that actually thought I was going to get it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, that's you know, negative is you were just being you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that's life. Life doesn't happen like that. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, the next day I'm watching Star Trek Beyond with my friend in LA, and I get a phone call from Vancouver, and they're like, yeah, we want you to be the Predator, which is crazy because they were only auditioning us according to the contracts for Emissary One and Two, which ended oh. up getting cut out of the movie. And then they were like in that phone call, they're like, well, we want you to be Emissary One and Predator One. And I didn't understand that because I didn't even know the script of the movie. So I was like, okay, cool. Right. So in my head, I'm like some, because like they, it was such a stunt audition. It was such a, it was, yeah. they kept saying it was stunt, stunt, stunt. So in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking like background part. I'm thinking right. maybe doubling the person who's actually doing the right. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I went to ADI, who uh, amalgamated dynamics. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. We were just talking about them, Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis. Yeah. Right? Oh, those guys are awesome. Yeah. Those guys are great. Um, and and they puppeteered the uh, the head. In the oh movie. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That was them, like on controls as well. Oh, well, like and they've other, been in yeah. charge of the Predator movies since at least like Alien versus Predator mm-hmm. One, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a fantastic job with this mm-hmm. too. I, I saw them so many times that year. I did so many fittings. Oh, I would imagine. But yeah, it wasn't until I got to Vancouver. So like, so that's the story of how I got the job. Um, and it was just I, I have like parkour mm-hmm. thing for all of it, but it was still just an insane time. Um, I could write a book about imposter syndrome based off this entire experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I was in Vancouver and I had the script and I went through the script and I was like, okay, there's like, I'm like the guy. I'm, I'm like, like in this movie. I'm like the predator. I'm like doing like acting and stuff. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like not really an actor. And they're like, oh, you'll be fine. And I was like, oh my God. And so, <laughs> and so I just was like, it was nuts. Like the amount of like prep I had to do on my own. Uh, oh, that. I would imagine. Yeah, because you have to look at the like an like an actor. You do beats and shifts in the mm-hmm. script, and what am I feeling right now? What am I doing? Oh, feeling yeah. as tough as a predator. I, I have I would notes. Feel. I have like pages of my sketchbook at the time that are just like predator notes. Oh my god, keep those. Yeah. Oh, How cool is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, oh, I should have brought that if I thought about that. <laughs> oh my god, I'll, I'll post it one day because yeah, why not? That's that's a that's a fun page because what I did essentially is because uh, um, I do you know I'm a visual artist. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design for sequential art. So I do a lot of comics as well as character design and character design has always been like my favorite. So essentially like, I went home one night and I was just was like, okay, if I was drawing this character, if I was creating this character for a, a comic that I was writing, like how would I do that? Yeah, and yeah, so I just yeah. did the same thing. I was like, okay, what traits do I want? What, what body language like embodies what I want to do? And then I tried to link it. Cause like when I, whenever I create a character, I always do like shape, uh, like the shapes, like are we using round shapes? sharp Mm -hmm. shapes big shapes i do like the overall body language of the character and then i really want to i like to think of words that describe the character and then i like to just think of other characters that inspire that character a lot of people are like oh you know i need to be 100 percent original and i'm like no man like take yeah we take we're the we're from you know we're a combination of our favorite interests right yeah and so i made like a list of all these characters and it was like the hulk beast from x-men um, a bunch of other like large and in charge kind of characters, and then my my favorite was uh, it was Kratos from God of War. Mm-hmm. Oh my and, god, yeah. totally! <laughs> yeah, been, have, you, have you been playing much of the new one? Oh, dude, I went through that game. I, I love. I that haven't game. done New Game Plus yet. I haven't uh, done that yet either. Yeah. I still need to be the Valkyries. Oh, I, I haven't done that yet. Um, I'm, I'm gonna do that on New Game Plus because God, those things are hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, like and and just like 
Okay, I could talk a yeah, whole other podcast about that I was going to say, game. we need like a video yeah, game we'll, podcast that uh, Jordan hosts. Yeah, come, come back for another bonus episode and we'll do a video okay. game chat sometime. <laughs> I would just say God of War is the reason I bought a PS3 and a PS4. Um, yeah. and, but, but Kratos is one of my favorite characters because he's like not a perfect character. I just love that he's... He's incredibly confident, but then also very arrogant, you mm-hmm. know, and like the arrogance kind of leads to his downfall. And I kind of feel like the Predator is the same way. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I love God of War. I love Kratos. I'm going to like think about like what, like what Kratos is. Cause I've watched a bunch of like the behind the scenes where they talk about designing Kratos. And so, yeah, a lot of those things were very similar, like, you know, chest up, mm-hmm. walk straight, don't look backwards, only turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of like started putting together a lot of those movements. And then on top of it all, I just was like, I I love listening to music and, and moving. So I love doing parkour to music. I love, I just love music. And so um, I was just listening to the God of War soundtrack every day. And mm-hmm. then while I was listening to it, I would just like start feeling the character with the soundtrack yeah. playing and that that became that's so rad I mean you just like described four years of theater school oh yeah. that's awesome <laughs> like I swear to god I swear I had to no god. idea what I was doing <laughs> yeah like literally so one oh. of my first classes we ever took uh, it's called Movement to Music. It was created by John Jenkins, and it's the idea of viewpoints. Yeah. Um, and viewpoints is how do you walk through a space being effe- affected by the space oh, cool. and affected by the people in, the, in that space. That's the Cliff Notes version. Mm-hmm. I did it for four years, and it took four years for me to go, oh, yeah. Um, but Movement to Music was not just dance. It wasn't dance. It's so hard to describe it to people, but it's viewpoints, so it's picking out parts of the music that inform your movement in order to communicate with another human being. And that's exactly what you just did. Oh, awesome. That's like you did, you like really literally cool. four years of theater school <laughs> wow. in a very short amount of time. Um, yeah. And I, but you brought it through your experience, yeah. which is so cool. That's and it so just, cool to hear. it yeah. also just informs that art is truthful. It comes mm-hmm. from an organic space. You needed to solve a problem. Yeah. Well, and, and you did. What I love about what you just described too is a uh, I can totally see the Kratos influence in what you were doing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, was... and I never would have caught that, but I think that's one of the reasons why I really liked what you were doing. Like, of course, you know, Kevin Peter Thank Hall, you. the original Predator, was yeah. great. You know, and he's great. the one who like did that big like yeah, you know crouch movement out, yeah. and the arms out. Uh, you know, we're we've talked about it a lot in the last few and fewer. Sorry, it's early and we started drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we yes. talked about it in the last few episodes. We are huge Derek Mears fans mm-hmm. on this podcast. Uh, you know, he's our favorite Jason Voorhees, oh. and he was uh, one of the main predators in the last Predator movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he um. was the, he was the one who technically was your character. Oh, yeah, because in the last in the last Predator movie, he plays a predator who's like been like strung up and almost oh, crucified. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That yeah, that was Derek. Oh, that's um, awesome. and he's fantastic. Yeah, such a good actor, yeah, just in he's general. Amazing. Yeah, but um, but you, I felt really brought something unique to it, and apparently it was it was the fact that like you took it from a different type of influence, you know. And that was going to be a question I asked you, and you just ended up answering it. It okay. was was. How much did you end up looking at the other Predator movies? That, but yeah. I like the idea that you're like, well, yeah, there are these other ones I'm going to go back to, but this is what really inspires me, and I want to inject that into this role. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you asked that because it's it it's a it's always something I, I hesitate answering because a lot of people are like, oh, did you look at every other Predator? I'm like, I looked at mainly the first one uh-huh. and then Predators, but yeah. I mainly oh. looked at Predator, like yeah. the, just the first one. And yeah, like I, I did a lot of studying on like on what Kevin Peter Hall did, but I I really I felt almost like strangely guilty in doing it. I, I really tried to just do more of my own thing because 
the situation was so strange of how they hired me that like a lot of my anxieties going in became like, well, what if I, what if I can't measure up to what they wanted? Right. Um, and I just had all this like, like BS, like imposter syndrome anxiety about like, oh, they're not going to like it. Oh, they're no. going to get rid of me. Da, 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 da. And that was really, that was, I was really struggling with that. A lot of the prep time, it was just like, I was a mess. Like the first day Kyle saw me on set, he was just like, are you okay? You look terrible. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like a walking panic attack right now. And so I just like talked to him about it and he just like, I remember, I'll never forget, he was just like, well, they hired you, so they want whatever you did in that audition, mm-hmm. and that's what you need to do, and I was like, man, that's great, and so that's that's kind of what I took, I was like, okay, I need to, like, obviously, and that was, like, the trickiest balance of it was this mix of, like, I want to stay true to the character, but I wanted, I want to try to be my truest self in that suit so I can do good work because yeah. if I'm just trying to copy something it's going to not well, work it, it, it totally showed it totally showed yeah. because yeah. Um, <laughs> again again you know and hashtag there are thoughts yeah but, but we loved <laughs> but we you, loved yeah, the big scene in the lab yeah. that lulled me into thinking that oh. this was going to be a better movie than it and, was and, and also we're coming to we're coming to you as people like I have a, a background in creature acting but like I'm like the evil gremlin yeah. like so I've done goblins and I've done things like that and I've done all the creature coaching not all I that's ridiculous I've done some of the creature coaching for the labyrinth masquerade which is the biggest masquerade ball in North America oh wow he's the music producer for it so very cool we come to you as people who love creature acting and a lot of our friends are creature actors and mocap actors and 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 we also talk a lot about um the difference between physical act like when you can physically touch something in cgi and Mm. there is a tangible difference sometimes you can't tell physically but like you know the difference between a cgi car crash and a real one because something in your viscera Mm -hmm. knows it especially when it's interacting with other actors yeah and i mean your this predator was on a mission and you Mm -hmm. could feel it yeah the whole time and uh, we will keep spoilers in case you haven't seen it because it is a fairly new release and it's coming out soon um so we won't have any spoilers but there was literally i i didn't root for the humans i rooted for the predator awesome. yeah. and so i i think that your work really showed off and we're yeah, I, I just wish there was more of it in there you yeah, know me too <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I, I had a ball doing it and like yeah i, I it's one of those things where i I think they wanted to do a trilogy and like, I really hope that they get a chance because like, I would love to wear that suit again. Yeah. Like it became like, so were, that would be no question. Oh, asked. You would be not back on like, set with in it. a second. Yeah. You know, I, I'd cancel my own birthday party for it. And like, it's, I never even, we would throw you one on set. It's okay. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, right. And then, um, but cause I just, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I say this a lot. It was super, super hard because a lot of people were like, oh, that must have been super fun. And I'm like, no, it was like the hardest thing ever. And I thought like I was going to die most of the time. Right. You're like, we're all on that work. Yeah, but I would, like do wearing... it, I would do it again in five seconds because yeah. it was the most fulfilling hard work I've ever done. Was it like what you they know? say when they wear the Batman suits is that you're losing like 10 pounds of sweat a day? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the whole time. And, and um, I wanted to hit something on the, because uh, you said the lab scene. Yeah. And then, uh, as much as you want to talk about that lab scene, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll do a whole yeah. episode. I, I, I can go. Um, but uh, there, there's something you were mentioning too that I wanted to say, and I kind of forgot it. But but I'll, I'll just go to the lab scene. Is um, like that, like hearing hearing the response from that scene specifically, I get mm-hmm. I get really excited about. It. I get yes. really just like, oh my gosh, thank you, because that was 
Like that was some of the hardest days we did. It was like I think the scene overall was a week. I think my parts. My, That's it. I, I feel like that would have been oh, almost yeah. two to three alone. It, it was a rush. Um, wow. It was a rush, and so the because uh, we were behind at that point. We were really behind. Okay. Um, we had a lot of technical difficulties with one of the picture cars, um, and it, which didn't, which ended up not even being in the movie. Which is whatever. But. Um, but that 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 kind of made schedule insane. Yeah. But uh, so when we did the lab sequence, it was one of the last things that we did, and like the big fight parts were in like two days. Yeah. And so before that, they they wow. had me on the table sometimes, but they wanted to have me on the table the whole time. And it was Mike Fields who was like the special effects makeup artist for me. He was just he was great. I would call him to to represent me in court <laughs> because I just feel like he has my back that much. That's great. And so. Uh, I love that guy. And so, like, the entire Predator team, I need to give props to, like, Taryn, Heather, everybody that, like, helped me get dressed mm-hmm. and then, like, put on the stuff. Like, amazing. But but Mike would, like, argue for me. And he would curse people out. And it was awesome. But that's what um, you need. Yeah, you need that guy. You need that. you need that guy. Because when you're in the suit, like, people, they see you. I remember the other thing I was going to say. They see you and they think it's awesome, which it is. But then they they forget that you're, that you're working. But you're also you're mm-hmm. a human being. You're yeah, not a prop. They they kind of forget and um, and uh, and so Mike like kind of argued to have the the because we had two suits for each predator and so he argued to have like the second suit just stuffed with stuff on the Absolutely. table and then they did I'm like oh that's great and then they only had me when I was breathing but then once I broke out of it so that was two days of fighting and each day was like it wasn't even it wasn't too long but it was about six six and a half hours straight of being glued in the head so before then i mean i've been in the suit for like 12 hours straight and yeah you're just losing sweat the entire time chugging coconut water gatorade and hydration salts Mm -hmm. the entire time and um and so but those days was the only time they glued the head on me because the creature wasn't wearing a shirt armor yeah right so the cowl had to look like right the skin. skin so mike so i'm in the head and then mike had to glue it down do all the makeup while i'm sitting there in the head and then we went to set and then like it just was go 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 and right. when i had the head on i preferred the head so much more than the battle mask because the head i had the big green half ball contacts on my eyes yeah and they were like they stung at first, like when we first tried them on, but they, they got to a point where I got used to them. And um, which props to the lens tech for pulling those in and out of my face. <laughs> awesome. But um, but yeah, and so I was just in the head for six and a half hours, and I had to do we had to do the the choreography, which we really only did a piece at a time. Um, and like huge props to the stunt team on that. You know, mm-hmm. we had like people I was like holding up on wires with squibs. We had people I was hitting and then like they'd get ratcheted across oh, the room. it's yeah. so good. Yeah, one, one guy I threw him and he air rammed into a, a wall. Like, it, it's so oh, good. Like, like I love that scene. I, I, I love the praise for that scene, but like I need to throw it back to the entire stunt yeah. team for that entire well, scene. Like, everybody who was involved in that scene, like for as much as we weren't crazy about the movie in itself, I would put that scene up on the level with like Predator One. Oh, awesome! Uh, that I mean, it, it was great. It was so good and it was so visceral. And like yeah. even us, like we went in the movie, was like, okay, when's it gonna get good? We were like glued to our seat, like, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, all of us in theater were like, yeah. I was, yeah. I was stoked watching that scene. I was yeah. like, oh, this is this came out great because when you're doing it, when you're in the suit, you always feel a little awkward because you kind of have to like put your body in a way. Mm-hmm. So doing that, I remember how that felt like, and so seeing it, I was like, oh. This looks so much better than I thought it felt. And mm-hmm. and it was just intense. And it was just two days of just... 
and, and when I say the two days, I mainly mean the part in the lab because um, that was right. that was when I was glued in the head, and that was nuts because it just I was in that thing for so long that I was just like, which you know, like I, I always hate saying because I know that there's there's worse suit moments. You know, yeah. there are people that can't pee for. 15 oh, hours, I mean, so Al- I'm, not, I'm not complaining. Alex, our other friend who is does exactly what you do, he just gets excited if he he's like, if I can drink water and go to the bathroom, yeah. it's a good day. Seriously, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, I can go to the bathroom. We're good. Yeah. Um, but and when I but I was in that head for so long, I just remember being like, oh, this is my face now, and I love it. <laughs> and I just would like stare at people and just I just when you're wearing the suit, you can't not be in character. Yeah, and not even like as a rule, it's just like it's too. It, it feels weird when you're not in character, but when you are, when you yeah. go into like the the acting of it, you're like, oh, this feels better too. And so, right. so we did all that. Fight was so fun to do, and then the part right like at the end of it, like outside the lab, uh-huh. that part was so fun too. It was so exciting. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was that so was, good. That was great. They're like, yeah, so just like whip the gun. I was like, oh, cool. I'm just gonna like whip. It. Okay, and then like working with those guys, and then like my favorite little my favorite little thing at that is like when I threw the gun at the glass case with the mask in it. Yes. Um, they were like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 candy glass. You know, you're going to throw it. The moment it hits, the whole thing's going to shatter. And I was like, okay. And so I whipped the gun, and then like it just goes straight through, and then the, the whole thing doesn't shatter. And so like in character, I just walk over and smash the glass. And I was it. just all improv. And then I grab the mask and pull it out. And then I cut. I'm like, okay, was that good? And Justin was like, that was fantastic. Because <laughs> when it when it didn't break, everyone was just like, oh, fantastic. And I was like, well, I'm still here. Yeah. And so I loved I love getting it. to see that. I was like, yeah, yeah. I Your homework paid off. Yeah. <laughs> and as silly as it sounds, kind of the the for me when I was like, oh, this is a creature actor. The oh, moment I, I knew it was a creature actor, this is gonna sound dumb, but I've been around a lot of them. Is you're running. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was it was literally when I saw the predator running, I was like, Ooh, this is a creature actor. This isn't just somebody in a suit running. This is someone who thought about how to run. Oh yes. And, and I was you. just like, I need to talk to this person. Oh my gosh. That means so much. Yeah. yeah. You can I mean, all your homework paid off. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. You like I would I would watch you as the predator at any time. Thank you so much. You know, I, I you. think I genuinely think that you were one of the best since Kevin Peter Hall. Oh my god! Yeah. So <laughs> Thank you so I'm, much. Yeah. So and, and you if do you, more if you've stuff. heard our Predator podcast, you know I'm not going to mince words about how I feel about this movie. <laughs> but I genuinely mean I would watch you in any Predator movie that you're that you've done. I mean, do you think you might try and pursue some more like creature work? Oh, like that's this too? that's what I'm hoping to do more in the future. Because yeah. this was. I mean, I did the zombie day on, on Walk of the Dead. Sorry, Walker. And <laughs> and and that was cool. I was like, oh, this is fun. I get to like be, yeah. be a walker. And that was like my first little like, oh, I like I like that a we lot. Need to, we then, need to make like a little bro date with Alexander. Uh, yes, we do. I'd, I'd love that. Because he's seriously like would. really good friends with like Doug Jones and oh, Doug Jones. It's, <laughs> it's a, it, the creature world. For those of you who don't know, there's like four people yeah. who really work. And it takes a lot of, and I was talking to another stuntman who's interested in it. And uh, he called me and I said, you need to understand a lot more than just body movement. And the way that you approach this character um, is how you have to be an actor. And you're an actor who just happens to be 
very good with movement. And so it, uh, I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope we sing your praises enough. It, it is. Yeah. It's really nice to hear, actually, because I, I want to do more creature work in the future. But there is that feeling where I'm like, oh, I don't like how, how did I actually do? Uh, yeah. So like, hearing, hearing this is really uh, ab- nice. Absolutely. So. absolutely. This is a movement household. Yeah. Um, and we are also a household that violently loves or hates movies. So. I know we feel really feel. We don't really have a lot of just like mm, it was okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is why we made this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> so one question I wanted to ask you. I know we're starting to run out on time. I oh, want to just keep, keep going. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, our the, 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 the episode that's out today is like two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so were you working mostly with the uh, second unit or first unit? It was like a, a a huge mix of both. Um, and for those of you who don't know, by the way, first unit would be like what Shane Black is actually on set doing, and then second unit, the second unit team is getting a lot of like the pickup shots that while he's working on some of the more either core aspects of the movie or dialogue based aspects yeah. of the movie, second unit is going out and getting some of the other footage. Yeah, and it can be a lot has, of action. Yeah, that he has to approve later on, and if it doesn't work, then he'll send them back out to redo it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The yeah, I worked on both equally because my character couldn't be doubled. Um, no. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be doubled. So I just was like, I was there when I was, they, I was where I needed to be. There were days where I did both units. There were days where I did both units, like th- like I was like first unit, second unit, back to first unit. Um, and yeah, they just, they 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 ran me ragged um, I on that. I, um, and uh, so I really couldn't say, like mm-hmm. it, it almost might have been more second just because of all of the the snafus we had with the vehicle that in, that whole thing got ended up getting cut anyway but um yeah so it was a, it was a mix of both the funniest thing about that though was so i came on assuming it was just like stunts you know i i my only film experience at this point is stunts so i've like trained been trained through stunts you know um and it's like shout out to the people that like Trained me, <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. Max Calder, Elizabeth Davidovich, like, Aww, yeah, like those are the, my people. There's so much, so much S- set shout etiquette. Shout out Southeastern movie and stunt house. Yeah, like yeah, seriously. Shout out to Liz because she like there's a lot of set etiquette that she taught me really early on before I'd even worked. That over the years became some of the most like like helpful things. Just getting along on set, but so like, but the funny thing about this this movie specifically is like when I was on first unit. I was I was cast when I was second unit I was stunts. Yeah. So it was this funny like I'm on second unit. I'm like we're standing in the rain, you know, we're doing what we got to do. I'm in the harness for like 8 hours at a time. Like it is what it is. And then I'm on first unit and I'm like they're like okay, well we have your like reclining chair and <laughs> I and, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. This is nice. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was such a strange like headspace to have to hop in and out of where like I kind of picked it up really early, so looking at the schedule, I can almost be like, "Is it a first unit day? Okay, cool. And is, is second unit day? Okay, let me prep. You know, like, let, me, right. let me get ready mentally for the second unit day." And um, yeah, so that was that was nuts. Like all of the big bigger stunts we did were definitely second unit days. Um, and then kind of going back to that running thing you said, uh, I really appreciate that because that was a specifically a, a, a kind of a thing where when I first got there, I was working with the stunt team, and those guys were awesome, and. Uh, we like they were trying to help me come up with like a running thing mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I wanted to come up with a running thing and then like the directors wanted to run like everybody had a different opinion on how the run should have looked right every everybody like, like anyone you talked to was like I think it should look like this I think it should look like this and like for me it's like 
Like I, I have a harder time thinking what I think is the better is the right thing. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, more yeah. of like, I'm always open to ideas, but it definitely hit a point where I was like, okay, this is way too much input. And I didn't know what was good anymore. But on my own time, whenever I was at the parkour gym, I would work on my own run. And that one was just like, I was like, I'm huge. You know, my arms, <laughs> my arms and legs, I have a shorter torso compared to my limbs. Yes. Um, 100%. And so I was like, I think it would look cool if I just tried to like fully accentuate everything and take these huge strides yeah 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 and i worked on that a bunch on my own time and so like the first day we ran was i was up on that scaffolding yes and and like shane over the last week was like all right action and i did like a combination of all of the running notes i have heard and he was just like oh that looks really weird do you have another one? And I was like, yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. And then I did my run. And then he was like, oh, it's fantastic. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and so it was it was funny, like taking a little bit of what everybody said, but mostly throwing it all away and then t- putting that into something that I felt worked, you know? So it's yeah, strangest well, combination of teamwork. I mean, it's uh-huh. like, you know, I, I love what you said. Kyle told you too, is that they yeah. hired you for a reason, Yeah, you know? And, you know, at a certain point, like, Obviously, there's going to be a time where, like you said, you second guess yourself. You know, I'm I always take my thing myself with the Groucho Marx quote is I wouldn't want to be a part of a club that would have me as a member. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but um, you know, at a certain point, you have to trust yourself like that. Yeah, and oh, I'm, yeah. I mean, it it sounds like we're just blowing smoke at you, but I mean, it's so paid off, oh, man. It's you. so paid yeah, off. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, it, the, yeah, whenever the mask was on too, like the battle, the scary mask, you couldn't see. It was like the these tiny lenses that were like at my cheeks. Yeah. And then the goggles would fog up immediately. And so I just legit was blind. So a lot of times we actually got to take them out. Um, but when they were in and they fogged up, it was just like, okay, I can't see it all. And the first few days I was kind of freaking out about it. But then I kind of realized like, you know, it's... It's film, so it's like we're not going to do too much at one time, so I can I can figure out my entire route. And so that was that was a big parkour thing, because we do that in parkour. We're like, I'm going to do this, do that, jump over that, go into that, flip over that, right. and then do that. And then you put it all together, and then you do it. And so with a lot of those scenes, like the one specifically where I, I grab the main character, Quinn McKenna, played by Boyd Holbrook, when I grab him by the throat and throw him <laughs> up against the wall, that scene was so stressful, because... I'm like behind the corner and I had to walk out to where he was, grab him as he turned around and then slam into the wall. Right. And it was supposed to be uh, Brent, which was the stunt double. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, me and Brent are going to do the thing. Da, da. And then Boyd's like, no, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. You're like, and the <laughs> blood pressure just went And everyone's like, hey, okay, cool. So yeah, uh, don't, don't, don't punch Boyd in the face. Remember this? Don't point. Don't don't punch me in the face, Brian. Don't punch me in the face. Do not punch me in the face. And I was like, cool. And I'm you're a- like, do you see how massive I am? Yeah, how do I'm I like, not punch him in the face? Yeah, it's fine. I'm only blind. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to like legit set. Like it was one of those few times I was like, they were like, okay, let's go. I was like, you know what? Actually, everybody, hold on. Let me do something for like thirty seconds. And they're like, okay. You need to count your steps. And I counted my steps. Yeah. I did this. I want to be here. Da, da, da. And then Boyd saw me doing it, so he started like getting into places. Like, okay, so when you here, I'm gonna do that. I'm like, yeah, okay, oh, do that. Great. All right, cool. Boom, boom. One, two, three. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right, cool. Let's do it again. All right. All right, cool. We got it. And then, yeah, great. And then we had it, and that was that was so cool. Um, like actually getting a chance to like do your thing. Like a yeah. lot of it's just like learning to like speak up in like a confident, not like aggressive way and just being like oh I want to do this thing and they'll be like oh okay but it's you know? it's so I was actually um, so I was working on this western and 
Um, I actually had the great privilege of being there on someone's first stunt contract. Oh, awesome. And she rocked. Yeah. And she was riding horses and we were like galloping horses through a field. And I realized how long it takes because she was she was nervous, mm-hmm. right? And we're on horses and these horses are done with all humans ever. And because um, we're on like hour 16. And at one point I was like, hold on. I need 30 seconds. Cause I need to like set yeah. my horse. I need to set my walkie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll let you know when I'm ready. And it, I've been doing stunts for nine and a half years. Nice. It's take, it probably wasn't until year eight that yeah. I was like, yeah, I can take the time to be like one sec, just one sec. I need just, I can do my job. Just need to make sure. And it's so good for you to, and hopefully it didn't take, you know, half the movie for you to feel like you had the space to do that. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely I'm sure it did. did. For the most part, did you feel pretty supported by like the stunt coordinator and the crew and everything like that? Yeah, no, I, I definitely did when I, when I, especially when I started being like, I didn't at first, like I did with the stunt team. Um, and I, but I, there was a lot of it where I didn't at first, but that was all me. Yeah. That was no one else except for me telling myself these stories of I can't ask for that I can't do that I can't say that and then the moment I realized that was me just like being too timid to speak up for what I actually needed Uh I started becoming more vocal um and like there were a few spats at some points where like I had to like really fight for like something I want like there was one day where I was just in the harness for so long oh god and you can't feel your legs no and the thing is with the harness with the well you you know you know how the jerk fest goes you know how uh-huh. the harness goes but with the with the suit is you you full go and, and then you can't loosen suit, and you can't loosen it because the zipper's in the back and it was like really hurting and not just like i'm uncomfortable it was like i was like i'm in physical pain right now and i've been here for five hours yeah. no it's a huge and deal so, i've worn the longest i've worn a harness was a total of eight, 12 hours straight mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel my crotch for yeah. a month. Yeah. So I had these weird like scars. Yeah. yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, a jerk vest is a vest that you kind of, you put on like literally a vest that goes through your legs. Um, and men tend to wear them like one on each leg. Women tend to cross them. Mm. But when we, when we, when I suit someone else up, I go, are you uncomfortable? And they go, no, I go, mm, it's not tight enough. Yep. It's physically. It's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to be because yeah. you, if you go loose in that, it's like it could be life or death. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and the, sucks. the hardest thing is like the the harness kind of pulls you over like you're in a bad posture yeah. on a laptop. Mm-hmm. But like for Predator, I wanted to be like chest out. Yeah. So I was like fighting it every time. I had these like scars on my uh, shoulder. That I bet they were there for months. Um. I had a big scar on the top of my nose for months, yeah. like half a year, because there was this one part, I don't even know if it was in the cut, where the the, the big predator like hits me in the face, and I like, yes. whip my head to the side, and like I just really sold it, but the head wasn't on super tight, and it just like cut me across the oh. nose, and I was just like, ah, oh, and like, like legitimately oh, reacted oh, to oh, it, oh, oh, but then they were like, oh, that was a great reaction, I was like, <laughs> awesome, because yep, I was like... <laughs> But my face hurts. (laughs) But it was funny because, like, they were like, I did one of the interviews for the DVD commentary, and they were like, "Oh, we'll we'll make up out that scar." And then I started talking about. They're like, "No, we're gonna keep it." Yeah, like I "I earned this stupid thing. Thank you so much. You leave my scar. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, um, 
Is there anything else that yeah. you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on? Yeah. I mean, pred- um, predator or not, really. Yeah, yeah. and um, we were talking um, earlier before we started recording about kind of what you're up to now. And I'm sure there's some people listening. Um, we, we just learned we've got listeners in the UK. Oh, that's so, awesome. So yeah. um, let them know kind of anything about what you're doing or what's coming up. Just like let us know a little bit more about um, you. I am... I'm waiting to hear back on some work. Uh, you know, so is the way. But yeah. um, I'm hoping that 2019 for me is filled with some convention visits. Yeah. There's like fewer things I want to do more than convention visits because I, I've been working with conventions for 10, 11 years. And like I am a huge, I just love the environment and like the idea of getting to be a guest. Like, like, like Dragon Con specifically, like... If I get to be a guest at Dragon Con next year, hypothetically, like that will be my first year in ten years attending Dragon Con, not working, you know, it, like not working at the well, show. Well, it almost feels and full so, circle. Yeah, it, it, it really does. Great. And I just like mm-hmm. it's because I was actually telling some some actors in uh, on a job I was doing in August, um, and I was talking to them about conventions, and because in my head I'm like everyone knows what a convention is because Atlanta we're a really big convention city. You guys right. have probably got we've already. learned we're, that very quickly. We are <laughs> we are one of the nerdiest cities in the country, and, and I love it. <laughs> and I know I know people that are like professional cosplayers. My roommate is a uh, professional illustrator that does uh, like illustrations and has. A table in the oh art gosh, how, have we, how have we not met you? Shout, all? shout out to Mo Ballinger, Mo Ballinger Illustration.com. <laughs> yeah. That's my roommate. But, um, so, so that being said, like, I just really want to do convention visits because I was telling these actors, I'm like, you know, like, you, it, you get to meet your fans, and, and it's like one of the only times you get to be face to face with people who tell you, like, I loved that thing you did. And it can change someone's, like, like, even this just now, you guys telling me all the feedback, like, it's, it's really helpful. Like, I, I can't explain how appreciative I am because it's like, I mostly don't hear anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not like I hear like a few, I get a few things on Twitter, like very, very limited. I'm, I'm very bad at social media. But so when people tell me like, I liked this, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. You know? But also what's great so. about conventions is that there's going to be some kid that sees you yeah. and sees your face, sees your haircut, sees something about you that goes, oh, I see me and them. There's a there was a convention just in L.A. and a little they did um, uh, a reading. Oh gosh, I can't remember. America Young just posted about it, but they did a reading of something that was gender swapped. So it was something that oh. was all men, it was all women. Cool. And a little girl walked up to the table at the end of the reading, went up to the one of the women, one of the actresses, and was just like, "I saw me and you, oh. and I'm gonna I'm gonna do that." Oh. So. Conventions not are great. After that. I know, like, <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I was on Facebook and I was yeah. just like, Ugh. yeah. But that's what's also great is because somebody's gonna see you and go, and just like you saw some, but you saw Casino Royale and was like, what's that? Wait, yeah, that's what? video game. Wait, hold on. Yeah. yeah. And he what does what? I need to learn how to do that. Yeah. And that's what's so great about conventions. Yeah, yeah. The, the so I'm working on a graphic novel right now. That's my biggest project. Uh, it's something I've been working on for. A long time, um, like eight, nine years. Oh wow! But but uh, but like three times in there, I just scrapped the whole thing and restarted. So it's weird saying that. Like 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 the way it is now, definitely five years, and um, and I have a great agent and uh, I have a publishing deal already. I'm just just putting in the hard work at this point, and it's a, it's definitely labor of love for me. It's it's a story, it's an adventure story that I've been wanting to tell for a while because it has like a lot of a lot of. 
uh, minority characters of like African and Middle Eastern descent mm-hmm. for for no other reason than like why not? And Absolutely. Then, and yeah, and then and then also it's it's a it's a it's a I want it to be like a fun action packed story that like at the core of it though is really about um, it's really about like the the narrative of like allowing allowing men to have vulnerability with their emotions. And so it's something I want to try to like see if I can like seed into a fun youth adventure story in a way that doesn't feel preachy. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's 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 been fun to write, and at the same time, like it's really daunting. But but that's the biggest thing I want to do. And I, I always joke with my friends because like I have all the uh, if you go to my website, which is the thebaprince.com, I have all of the illustrations and character designs in the sample comic on there okay. and and so when designing the characters I, I spent a lot of time designing how I wanted them to look what they wear and, and this is like a common joke I say very often with like my friends is like I feel bad for like I, I hope it becomes this thing I want it to become like, I want the book to come out I want it to be I want people to like it and if people like it I feel really bad for the first person that comes up to meet me cosplayed as my character <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're gonna like go back to their parents and they're like how was it like oh he just cried the entire time <laughs> and, like, the second person we're gonna have a great conversation the first person is gonna be like that I think I traumatized that man <laughs> because it's like when you're in that environment like in that convention environment and you like get to face to face see someone who is like what you did really helped or inspired me you're like oh dang like i gotta keep going you know it's, it's that fuel you need so so yeah i want to do a lot of convention visits working on the graphic novel i'm hoping to hear back from some some potential future creature work and um other than that just doing parkour eating healthy and laughing a lot more with friends and drinking and dark and stormies drinking in the dark morning and stormies yeah. the night of the movies. I, I, I feel like you and i have a lot of overlapping interests and awesome. we should get a drink sometime together we but late, later, later on in the day maybe because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently shakeology and uh, dark and stormies don't mix as well as i would have hoped they would have <laughs> This has been uh, one of my favorite interviews. I've definitely oh done, God! So. Thank you. Okay. You, oh yeah, my God! Yeah. Stop it! No, I, I think I think we just got the Brian Prince feels right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> we just and now we're crying. This is what I do. Um, no, we, if you if you're ever interested, we'd love to have you on the show. Actually, come see a movie with us, and oh, then immediately come back here and talk about that. it. I yes. Yeah. That. Uh, so if there's ever a movie, you're like, you guys. You want to go? You yeah, want to be on a date? And we'll be like, yeah, yeah, because we uh, do platonic date nights every so often. So. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously down. Like, I'm not even just saying that'd be nice. I'm 100 percent down for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll awesome. talk yeah. more movies, and we'd love to have you on at any time. And uh, included in the comments to this episode, we'll include Brian's work. So we'll have the baprince.com. Um, Where and, can people find you on the social medias? Um, my main social media I use is Instagram and. Uh, sometimes Twitter I'm trying to get better at Twitter um, but they're both at the BA Prince which is the same as my website but okay. at the BA Prince um, so I have one Instagram I have, I have an Instagram Twitter and then I have a separate Instagram for my parkour specifically mm-hmm. which is at tall trainings one word tall trainings and that's yeah. for your parkour specifically specifically okay. and I post some parkour on my normal Instagram but that's like that's like where everything goes. I'm right. like, this is what I did yesterday. This is what I did today. Whereas like the, the, Here the main Here are these one. eggs I just cooked. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. that's in, I'm glad you do that because um, like I, I think parkour, it's so exciting to see it really exploding. Like I remember when Lucy Romberg was like. Yeah. Oh, Lucy's great. Oh, Lucy's incredible. And yeah. Lucy's one of the first people that went to Japan for American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Oh, she did. Yeah. And, um, and just watching like some of her artwork that's come out through Tempest it's, you know, I mean, 
it's it is definitely a culture and it's super exciting so i'm yeah. so glad you brought that up because i'm not i've trained in parkour but i'm not a parkour artist yeah. um i had an interview with uh, 5150 for transformers this was years ago oh, wow. and they're like and this was kind of casino royale just came out and they're like so like, describe yourself and i was like well you know those people that are like jumping over the wall I go through the wall. That's cool. um, so that's how I've always that's described awesome. myself. And they just laughed in my interview. I didn't get the job. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but um, it's something that has taught me a lot about just lift and air. So I'm glad you said that because it, especially too with, um, and hopefully we have uh, one listener that he l- listens to us when, especially when there's a kid's movie that we do. Oh, cool. And so hopefully... Um, you're listening and you can get your kids into parkour. Yeah, yeah. do it. Um, well, thank you yeah. so, so much for yeah, coming and hanging so out with fun. This was <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and for a bonus episode, we were like, we're going to talk all the things. Um, so we had an Edgar Wright Love Fest. We talked The Predator. What else did we do? There, there was one kick-ass inside joke we all had together that I'm just going to leave right there, but that makes me so happy. <laughs> that, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, with that, I guess we're going to bid everybody a good day. Yeah, right. Brian, thank you so much yes, again. And we'll have you on you. an episode here Thanks, pretty yeah. soon. Thanks we'll, for having me. We'll party. Yeah. So, well, I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And this is Date Night at the Movies. And we will see you all later. <laughs>